0: This is the Bartender Journey Podcast.
1: Hey, it's the Bartender Journey Podcast, number 155. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Well, this week on the show, we're going to talk with Mr. Philip Duff, who is, among other things, Director of Education for Tales of the Cocktail. The list of seminars for Tales of the Cocktail 2016 were released recently, and uh, I wanted to hear all about them. So uh, if you're on the fence about going to Tales of the Cocktail, hopefully this will inspire you. If you're definitely going, hopefully this will help you plan your trip. The group rate for the Hotel Monteleone for Tales of the Cocktail was announced just recently, so if you're going to go, you might want to reserve your room soon. The the hotel will definitely sell out. Uh, You don't have to stay at the Hotel Monteleone. There's tons of hotels within walking distance, and uh, a little walking might be good for you. (laughs) But uh, I'll be staying at Monteleone just because it's so convenient and it's so awesome. And uh, I'll be recording a lot of the seminars again for for Tales, for the Tales 365 program, and doing a bunch of interviews, hopefully, and... uh, Uh, Yeah, I hope to see you there. There's also the Royal Sinesta, which uh, a lot of the events are actually there, and and those two hotels are maybe two blocks away from each other, not even. Uh, So that's another good place to stay. But I think the group rate at the Hotel Montalion is actually usually a little bit less, uh, but they're both awesome hotels, and they're both very convenient to the event. So we're going to talk with Philip Duff in just a moment about Tales uh, 2016. But uh, first, let's do a cocktail of the week. Dick Bradshaw passed away recently, unfortunately, and he was, um, uh, he was sort of the Dale DeGroff of England. Is it okay for me to say that? I think so. <laughs> uh, he was uh, very in- uh, in- inspirational or very uh, influential in the-, in the cocktail scene in England, and uh, so- sorry to see him go. He, uh, he invented, uh, among other things, the espresso martini, and, uh, as well as the bramble. The Bramble is a classic drink uh, made from gin, fresh lemon juice, simple syrup, and creme de mûre, which is a blackberry liqueur. It's a little hard to find. Uh, I actually don't have any here. But I substituted Sedilla, which is uh, made from a berry native to Brazil. And you could probably uh, substitute Chambord in a pinch. But uh, so anyway, like I was saying, our cocktail of the week is going to be the Bramble. And uh, so we're going to take uh, two ounces of gin. I used a gin from California called Saint George Terroir Gin, and uh, they were nice enough to send uh, a few bottles of their. They they actually make three different types of gin, so uh, we use their Terroir Gin in our Bramble, and uh, we use two ounces of that. We used uh, one ounce of fresh lemon juice, three quarters of an ounce of simple syrup, and uh, stirred that together in a glass, uh, right in an old-fashioned glass, added crushed ice, stirred that up a bit, and then add your uh, creme de mure or uh, whatever berry liqueur you're using, and uh, pour it right on top so it makes a nice presentation, and it's a delicious drink. Here's to you, Mr. Brad Saul. All right, we're going to get to my chat with Philip Duff in just a minute that we recorded at The Dead Rabbit. And, uh, well, we have to do a book of the week first, so uh, why don't we make it The Dead Rabbit's. Grocery and Grog Drinks Manual, Secret Recipes and Barroom Tales from the Two Belfast Boys Who Conquered the Cocktail World. And that's, of course, by Sean Maldoon and Jack McGarry, owners of the Dead Rabbit, along with Ben Schaefer. I've been lucky enough to uh, spend a lot of time at the Dead Rabbit recently for one reason or another. Well, uh, Philip and I met there to chat, but uh, that was before the USBG meeting. And uh, I'm proud to announce I attended my very first USBG meeting uh, there at the Dead Rabbit the other day, and it was a great experience, and I highly Highly recommend uh, everybody who's on the fence about joining, uh, just do it. There's tons of events. Uh, there's camaraderie between everybody. Uh, just a great group of people. Uh, there's even uh, job opportunities that come up and uh, competitions that you're informed about. There's just so much to learn and so many uh, so many opportunities that come up from from joining this thing. So. Uh, Like I said, if you're on the fence, if you're anywhere near a chapter, uh, please consider uh, doing that. You can go to usbg.org for more info on that. There's a lot of educational uh, opportunities when you're a member of the USBG. In fact, uh, I just applied since going to the USBG meeting just the other day. I've applied for two trips, most of Most expenses paid for uh, whoever's chosen for these things. One run by Patron, a trip to Mexico, and one uh, all about Puerto Rican rums, a trip to Puerto Rico. And these are like uh, five-day trips or so, and they're like almost everything's paid for. And uh, you get to uh, apply if if you're a member of the USBG. So just yet another reason to join up. All right, we were talking about the uh, book of the week. It's the Dead Rabbit Grocery and Grog Drinks Manual, and uh, like I said, there's a lot to learn from these guys. They're extremely successful. That bar is doing so well. It's only three years old, and it's one of the most successful bars around. It has won so many awards, and um, there's a lot of great information in here, and some uh, interesting recipes. Some 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 of the stuff's uh, a little uh, tricky to make. Has some uh, complicated, you know, ingredients. Uh, It'd have to be uh, made ahead of time and things, but uh, I think it's a great book. Definitely worth adding to your library. All right, let's talk to Mr. Philip Duff all about Tales of the Cocktail 2016. All right, we're here at the Dead Rabbit with Mr. Philip Duff. Thank you so much for meeting with me today. My pleasure, Brian. And, uh, well, the, it was, I was excited to see the list of seminars come out for Tales of the Cocktail 2016. And uh, we've got some new new things going on. We've got the, the different um, streams, so that's that's new this year, right? Streams are something we really want to push, actually, Brian. We've had them for a number of
0: years, but we didn't communicate them well enough because Tales is just a nightmarish tangle of a million different options every which way you look. And unusually, it's something that gets more difficult the more often you go. Right. So we devised streams as a way, at least in terms of seminars, for you to find your way through the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. So if you say, well, I'm interested in... Bars and cocktails, there's a stream for that. Or I'm just interested in liquor, history, production, stories. Well, there's a stream for that. Mm -hmm. If you're a bartender and you're worried about yourself, your career, where to go, what to do, examples, options, there's a stream for that as well. There's the said Talks, which are our TED Talks. They are their own stream. Technique seminars are a stream. So it's all split up. And as much as we can, which isn't always possible, yeah. we've tried to ensure that there are no seminars on at the same time as other seminars in the same stream. Right. So you should be able to follow it all the way to completion if you like. So we're really excited about that.
1: I think that's helpful because that happens often. That you know, oh, I'd really want to go to this, but at the same time as this, you know, and uh, so it, it was interesting. You're, you're talking Tampa about uh, what you call it. What I what I learned teaching and organizing uh, yeah. events was. It was fascinating, and uh, one thing I loved was what you said about the naming the seminars. It's really important. Uh, I remember exactly what you said. You said it, it has to, uh, snakes on a plane. It has to be that good. It it really <laughs> has
0: to be that good. Um,
1: it's funny you mentioned that. I'm creating
0: a brand myself, and I read a book on naming, right? And they had these five things that a name had to be you know, uh, to be sticky, memorable, all that kind of thing. And then they had a list of like seven things that a name couldn't be. Okay. And one of the things that a name couldn't be was like an in-joke that only certain people got. Like, you know, a, a joke that only works if you know who Simon Ford is or a right. joke that only works if you know uh, that Amore and Margo in New York is a bar that it can only fit 30 people. Or they don't shake drinks there. Yeah, they don't <laughs> shake drinks there. So that's what I wanted to banish out. And sometimes it means that some really cool names fall by the wayside because yeah. we get so many people coming to Tales, so many first-timers, so many people from abroad. We owe it to them to make the titles as straightforward as possible, so they can come and enjoy what is the world 's best educational festival
1: yeah, it really is and so you also mentioned that it 's hundred percent designed for for bartenders and bar industry people, and we just do a lot, see a lot of consumers come which is which is fine and 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 great but uh but you really do totally plan it out for for the industry people yeah
0: completely um it sounds awful, but consumers never come up. In our discussions.
1: We're very mm-hmm. grateful that
0: they come. We yeah. love them. Yeah. And especially in a town like New Orleans, which is arguably the most cocktailian-minded city in America. It's great to have them. And Tales has been running for almost a decade and a half now. But we don't cater to them. Right. Everything we do, every decision, every option is geared around a bartender who has saved up his or her tips uh, maybe for a year maybe even more and taking time off work and flown around the world to crash on a floor so they can come to Tails and go to as many seminars as possible. That's the person who keeps cropping up in our discussions in the right. office. That's our target market right there.
1: Right. And it's hard, too, because these people don't get paid vacation like normal people. <laughs> no, they do not. <laughs> yeah. So, it, yeah, it, it is a commitment, but it's a it's a life-altering thing, I think. You know, it has been for me, anyway.
0: Well, if you went to three seminars a day for four days, that's like uh, $600 worth of seminars, yeah. right? Call it $700. And $700 is not nothing. That is a significant amount of money, plus air Airfare to New Orleans and somewhere to stay and some po'boys and you know a bit of lunch and the occasional beer here and there. But in terms of professional development, if you flew to sales, if you flew to tails and you mm. did uh, twelve seminars, you would be ahead. So far, like that would pay for itself, really, the first week you got home, Mm -hmm. whether you were a bartender looking to get better, to start your own bar, to start your own brand, to uh, move to a different area. If you're a bar manager looking to be better at your job, to be honest, in almost any facets of the industry, in fact, in most industries... Six seven hundred dollars is what you would pay for one single day sure. of seminars by someone you've never heard of in a motel six yeah. off a highway exit. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right. Whereas we're talking about the world's very best seminars taught by the biggest names in the industry. And it's it, besides just the the knowledge, it's also very inspiring. I've found, you know, to be around the people that are just so excited about the same things that you are. And it's uh, sometimes hard to find at home. You might you might have your small community of. People that are into it, you know, depending on what size city you're from. Uh, but now there's what, 20,000 of your closest friends that are in, just what you're in, into, what you're into.
0: That's right. And they're all ahead of you in the line for the William Grant's party. <laughs> <laughs> but to bring it back to what we were talking about earlier, that's what I hope for with streams um, that people will say, okay, well, I'm interested in the. Uh, the bartender career stream. So I'm going to go to all the seminars on that, and that might lead them to take seminars by people they might not have heard of or might not know, who have something really important to say. Yeah. We, of course, the seminar by David Wonders or Deldegraf is always going to be packed, and it's always going to be excellent. Yeah, but. What I think streams might do is lead people to get information that isn't widely known and maybe from voices that aren't uh, household names yet. And of course, sometimes that's the most valuable
1: information to have. And now the presenters are limited to, is it three Three, three seminars? seminars. Yeah, so yeah, that's, and that, that's new. You you instituted, instituted that. Yeah. It was always a rule, but we started oh, enforcing it. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it,
0: it, it always existed, but starting about, I guess, three years ago, we started, like, tightening the uh, the screws on that, and it's paid off a lot. So we have about one-third brand-new presenters this year. Right. We have 15% of them have never... Presented the tales in any way at all. Mm. Um, about 20% of our new presenters are women, which is great, and it actually exactly tracks the percentage of women who sent in proposals. Okay. So we're always looking for more balance in everything that we do. So I'm really stoked about this year's selection.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, you haven't announced, or maybe you have, and I missed it. You, you announced the names of the seminars, but not the presenters yet.
0: No, because a little known
1: fact is that.
0: Once we lock down all the proposals and the names, everybody then has a couple of weeks to confirm their panelists and their name. And a lot of the time, I'll say, look, you've got a great idea here, but the name sucks. Right? right? Or I'll say, This is, you've got a great name and a great seminar, but I think you need some international perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or sometimes I might say, I think you need some American perspective because we're in tails. So it all becomes fluid and people who said, yeah, sure, I'll do a seminar. Uh, say, oh, sorry, can't make it to New Orleans. So they have a couple of weeks to lock all that down. Mm-hmm. So today I was already of replying to emails with the confirmed list, which I think might be published this week already. Okay. So then it will go out exactly final names, final descriptions, and final panelist details.
1: I was always curious. Is this like a uh, decision? To, you roll out the information kind of slowly, but that's because it's kind of it's kind of evolving as, as we go along, get, getting closer to the date. It's not that you're holding back for any uh, any reason, right? No, <laughs> no. I, I wish we were well organized enough to be to be that strategic, uh, but we're not. Right. So uh, I see. And one of the streams that you didn't mention, I think, was um, was it bar ownership and management? Yes. Uh, yeah. I business think that's of bars. Be, yeah. I think that's going to be popular.
0: Business of bars has really grown. And it's interesting because I get to see all the proposals, um, which is that we're getting more proposals about that as well. Mm-hmm. Because to be honest now, all the information you probably ever need about Mixology is out there now. It's out, right. it's free, it's well known. You even know where to look for it. But where do you go to learn about bar management? No one teaches you that. There's no accepted text there's no school, and it's crucial because we're at a stage now where we probably need excellent managers even more than we need excellent bartenders, because excellent managers can create excellent bartenders.
1: We're, we're talking about a business here that operates on very low margins, although consumers don't always realize that. They look at the liquor yeah. and say, oh, you mark up that liquor so much, but in the end, you know, if a bar is doing 8% profit, that's a lot the the typical margin in the US
0: for a hospitality business is 5 to 8%. Yeah. You know, so you're absolutely right. It's a very very tightly managed business where you have to understand a great wide range of things from marketing and operations to staff management to music, entertainment, the whole thing. And there's no one to teach you. That's right. It it's, really is It's a big gap in our, uh,
1: our industry's knowledge. Uh, for someone who's, who's never been to Tails, what I, I encourage people all the time, my listeners, you know, I tell them how great it is, but how would you put it?
0: Uh, It's the Ultimate Bartender Sleepaway Camp. Uh, I've been giving the same advice to people for a couple of years now. Download the app. We're launching the official app in the next couple of weeks as well. And we also have the schedule on uh, shed.org. Download one or the other, or both of them actually. Pick the ones you want to go to, buy the tickets, and don't let yourself be distracted. Give yourself at least... Uh, two nights off during tales when you don't go to any of the tales parties or activities or anything like that. Anna'll probably kill me if she hears me saying yeah. that. But you're in New Orleans and it's an amazing place. So make sure you get out to its incredible bars and restaurants and lunch counters and sandwich stores and even the groceries in New Orleans are fantastic.
1: They are, they are. But and now with the um, the uh, duo events, I love how that brings dynamic tales. Deals, yeah. yeah, it brings tales into the into the local bars and and it, it was. such a great it's such a great thing i I try to get to as many of those as i can
0: it is brilliant you know and it it reflects very well on the local bartenders yeah that they're generous enough to do that and indeed on their customers that uh they're open enough to it it's a fantastic way to reach out and it's finally the equivalent of the spirit of dinners of course which we've been doing in restaurants for a long time
1: right right you've you've brought such a um different flavor i think details sort of a, a, a openness or uh, transparency i feel I, I i'm sure it wasn't meant to be um, veiled in secrecy or anything but it just probably wasn't a priority to 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 bring that to everyone's attention right but you, you've kind of made that a priority which i think is a big a big help to, or you know people appreciate it
0: well I, I think before i was part of the committee uh, as well and we were just volunteering and there was just no time i yeah. mean we barely had time to do our evaluations but now i've made it into an actual position so i take time to write press releases and think about indeed how we can be even more and more transparent because i want people to know how they can send in an idea uh how the idea goes from being accepted to being an actual seminar what makes a good one and how they can best come along to Tales and get the very Best out of that fifty-five dollars for each seminar, so they go home thinking, "Wow, wow, wow, wow." Okay, it's time to roll up the sleeves and get to work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, Phil, let's talk about the caps for a minute. That that seems like such an inspiring, hard, difficult, and wonderful thing to do. It's
0: crazy, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Indeed. Well, it used to it used to be even harder under the leadership of Don Lee. And uh, Leo Robacek and John Deragon and Mike Ryan and everybody else like Trevor Callies and Chris Delavey and everybody else it has evolved to being quite a bit easier than it was in the past it used to be nightmarish because the leading minds of our generation were trying to work out oh my god you've got like 84 seminars over four days for an average of 100 people each one and they're having like up to four or five cocktails in each one and they're all fairly esoteric cocktails yeah <laughs> uh, plus there's tasting mats. plus there's oh my god yeah so it is the ultimate phd in batchology and it's paid off. I remember an interview with Leo Robacek recently that when they opened the Nomad Bar, the extension of the Nomad Hotel Bar, it was just madly busy, more than they had ever anticipated. It's a remarkable, remarkable bar. And he was able to use what he'd learned developing the CAP program so they could actually cope there. So, And I think every CAP goes home knowing that, but they go home also with possibly the best network in the entire Mixology worlds, you know the the bonds forged during uh, six a.m. batching sessions in the kitchens (laughs) of the Leon are not easily uh, cast asunder.
1: (laughs) What's that seminar uh, getting lit at the hotel Monteleone? What's that? (laughs) Can you tell us what that's about? That's that's actually Philip Green. (laughs) Oh yeah, uh, who is a
0: tremendous historian the whole cocktail movement. And he's been doing some brilliant seminars recently. He wrote uh, To Have a, To Have Another, yeah. the Hemingway Cocktail Companion. And this is a seminar all about the drinking history of the Hotel Monteleone, which is one of the world's great hotels, not yeah. just of New Orleans, yeah. and of all the famous uh, drinkers and cocktails that have come out of there, including, of course, the famous Fio Carré cocktail, yeah. which is a carousel bar original.
1: Wow. so cool! It's such <laughs> such an interesting place. I'm I'm not big on the uh, haunted, you know, ghost thing, but you go in there, you, you feel there's you. something about this place. <laughs>
0: it, and it's, you know, I, I think we kind of ruin us in July, to be honest. Like, yeah, right. boom, we, we, we flood that place. But they've got used to us by now. And <laughs> I, I think they appreciate the extra to business. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. What are some of the other seminars you're excited about this year?
0: Uh, well, you know, the, the annual Jacob Breyers and Simon Ford seminar uh, this year, it's no reservations about hotel bars, funnily yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. Funny that you mentioned that. That's always uh, hilarious, but very, very informative, because hotel bars arguably kicked off classy cocktail drinking Mm. in the darkest days of the the sort of cocktail witch hunt of the 1980s. It was hotel bars that kept them alive, Mm. and now... It started in London, of course, but fortunately it spread to New York and to everywhere else. Hotel bars are being brought up to date and reimagined like the Nomad, like the Savoy in London or the Manhattan at uh, the the Four Seasons in Singapore. And they are just like amazing, amazing bars. So it is time we had a seminar that pays attention to that. I'm really looking forward to former cocktail apprentice Orin Lerner's said talk. Oren is a psychology graduate of Haifa University in Israel and he's actually done research as part of his degree into visibility and priming in the on-trade. So the belief that, you know, if you have branded shakers and pore mats and big signs and neons and beer taps and t-shirts on all the staff, that you're going to sell more. Um, I've had a little hint of this seminar in the past seeing Oren speak. He's going to be really, really Fantastic! Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to that uh, greatly. I've got an, an Amaro seminar on a, a Amaro category, which only has one brand in it, <laughs> uh, which is, I, I think, going to be popular at Tails because it's, and it's Amaro and it's yeah. like, well, there's only one, yeah, yeah, which is going to be, I think...
1: Uh, and bartenders love weird, bitter stuff th- like that. <laughs> this is it. This is
0: it. There's an exclusive tasting. All the exclusive tastings are amazing. Right, they're all amazing. But we have, even among that, an amazing, amazing one, which is on rare and collaborative gins from the Ward Brothers of uh, Gin Foundry in London. So in the gin world, there has become quite a big trend, much as in the craft beer world, for uh, a bar to collaborate with a gin distiller to make Mm. their own gin, Mm. but also for one gin distiller to make his gin at a fellow gin distiller's distillery. Like what they call uh, gypsy brewing huh. in the craft beer
1: world. So, and Is they're going. Is that sort of a one-off or that? That's no, a, no, it's not ongoing brand, uh-huh. thing.
0: You've got four pillars from Australia, who made a special edition, which they distilled at the Santa Maria Distillery in Spain. So these guys are, and these guys are bring all these one-off products to Tails for an exclusive taste, huh. and that's going to really blow your socks off. And before I forget it. Uh, to prove the tales is for the whole community, not just the guys in leather aprons and bushy <laughs> mustaches, there is a vodka and caviar exclusive tasting as well ah. with uh, Brent Lamberti from Stolly with the uh, rare water range of Stully, which is hmm. absolutely spectacular, paired with varieties of caviar nice.
1: so it's time, uh, it 's
0: time it 's time for us all to to be brave and uh, and drink vodka and eat caviar as well
1: and there 's a seminar called uh Vodka is dead. Long live vodka. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. I mean, we always want to stay ahead of what's going on in the industry. And we have all come to realize that vodka got kicked a little bit too hard, maybe, when it was down. Mm-hmm. And the, the truth of the matter is, cocktails, the, the fight is over and cocktails have won, right? Cocktails <laughs> right. have won. So we can afford to be generous. And you are really not being a good host anymore, if you don't have vodka in your bar. Yeah. There probably was a time when you needed to not have vodka in your bar mm-hmm. just to kind of coax people into being more adventurous with right. those drinks. But thankfully, that time is gone.
1: Right, That right. time
0: is gone, and we can embrace vodka again. It's something... It's very profitable. Consumers love it. It does have a place in classic cocktails. It does have a place in contemporary cocktails. So the fact that we're celebrating that tale is something I'm quietly proud of.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, you know, a lot of the sort of modern cocktails that I'm seeing coming out now with vodka in them have like a smoky scotch <laughs> and I'm like are we just kind of are we just kind of cutting the scotch now <laughs> you know what I mean in it's an cocktail. interesting one
0: yeah yeah I, I don't know I mean obviously people started using all the flavors yeah right I mean the greatest contemporary cocktail at the last 30 Years is the Cosmopolitan, which is based on a flavoured vodka. Yeah. But what vodka will bring to the table, if you will, is that it will dilute and add strength and it will boost other flavours. Mm-hmm. And there's really nothing else that can do that yeah. without affecting the flavour. Right. So, I mean, Audrey Saunders had the Dreamy Dorini Smoking Martini, which is a vodka drink with a little bit of smoky swatch in it. I think, I think that drink's like 12 years old. Mm. Uh, so ev- everything old is new again.
1: I think it makes sense for, especially for fresh fruit and for herbs, herb cocktails to to use vodka. Because I mean, because maybe we don't want to mask, you know, that beautiful fresh basil and these wild strawberries that we bought or whatever. Exactly. We, you know. So I think it makes there there is some sense in it. Absolutely. Yeah. And. People love it.
0: <laughs> you know, Giuseppe Gonzalez's excellent new bar here in New York, Suffolk Arms, has yeah. a porn star martini on the menu, which is, you know, vanilla vodka. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's, it's a delicious drink, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, there? he has a
1: whole page of classic vodka cocktails. Oh, I have to get over there. So, And there's a seminar about um, private clubs, I see.
0: Yes, club cocktails. Yeah, that was To be cool. specific. That, yeah. I, I, I'm not giving away any confidences when I say that was one of the two or three rated most highly by the committee. Yeah. Because you know once upon a time, every single sports club, every military regiment, and every gentleman's club had its own cocktail it had a signature cocktail, and everybody drank it yeah you know like the Hoffman House had one here in uh, here in New York that's the last place Harry Craddock worked actually before he went to the Savoy and these things have kind of fallen the manhattan out the club
1: the although, manhattan club although there's some uh, yeah, question a, about that's if that's where the manhattan it's actually definitely
0: came from. a controversial <laughs> one yeah no that's going to be a, a bomb you know dave wondrich's one on italian cocktails and italy and the birth of the cocktail that's obviously going to kill us uh, you, can, you mm-hmm. can
1: just expect us so yeah. yeah a great a great lineup and for people that have never been before it's not only about the seminars there's obviously networking and parties and uh, you know the first time i ever went somebody you know i was just talking to the guy next to me at a tasting and he said are you going to that tequila party down the road?" i was like i didn't even know about it you know yeah. <laughs> Famous like last yeah last let's words. go let's go yeah next thing you know i missed my seminar but you know that's what i'm you know what i do now i, sit, I set up everything ahead of time on my phone with an alarm uh. 20 minutes before the <laughs> thing that i don't want to miss because otherwise you, you you miss it you get distracted and start you talking to people and
0: well, some of the best networking is actually in seminars. You can talk to the yeah. person on your left or your right, yeah. or yeah. you're hanging out in the line to get into the room. Yeah. Uh, one of the best ways to network effectively at Tails is to be in a seminar.
1: Yeah. So. And the tastings, too, I think. You yes, know, for sure. They, you start to move from table to table with people and share your opinions, and maybe you have similar opinions or different opinions, and it's, it's a great thing, great thing.
0: The tasting rooms are just wildly popular. We could, yeah. we could populate three times as many as we do.
1: Yeah. I remember you saying um, a lot of people will actually buy seminars and not attend them because they want those tasting bracelets. It's but.
0: it's a luxury problem for us. So yeah. what we've decided is there's so many people who want to go to seminars. This is good, by the way. Yeah. If the seminar you want to go to appears to be sold out online, it's not. There will always be space because we will always hold back a certain percentage of the tickets to sell on the door. And also, after we've seated the room, if anyone's not in their seat, we'll resell. Empty seats on the door as well, yeah. Uh, so that everybody has a chance to go to a seminar. So please never be disheartened if it appears your favorite seminar is sold out. Just make sure you get there on time yeah. and you'll be able to attend.
1: Yeah, because as you said, you hold back a few and you get people that don't. We show hold back up.
0: a few and we have a few no shows, so, so you
1: can pay right at the door, exactly. So, yeah, that's great advice for anybody who's never been or gets scared that you know, oh, I really wanted to go to this, sold out. You can yeah. go, you can go. Don't no, worry. it's
0: uh, there is always room at a tail seminar. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but don't worry if
0: it's like you know you're buying tickets for the Bruce Springsteen concert. Oh my God, they've all gone. <laughs> uh, we don't we don't put them all online. So there's always going to be space. Right, right.
1: So uh, I always like to be, ask people this, especially people in your position that see everything, especially all you know traveling the world like you do. Where, where do you just see us in? Three years from now, you know, bo- both in the high-end cocktail bars like this, and your and your local neighborhood bar.
0: Uh, well, I think I don't know if you've mentioned already. We're in the Dead Rabbit. They're mo- going to be more like this because they're going to be together, right? Um, you mean
1: like restaurant groups?
0: No, no, no. What I mean is, the, there will be a high-end cocktail bar and the everyday drinking bar under one roof. Oh, right, just right, right, like right. here like at the place, Dead Rabbit. Yeah, right, because. Right. It's an absolutely unassailable business model. Right. Because we're actually recording this upstairs at the tap room of the Dead Rabbit, which is... Uh, sorry, at the parlor in the Dead Rabbit, which is the fancy cocktail bar. Right. But the fancy cocktail bar is where you come with your, with your wife or somebody else's wife or your boss <laughs> or your staff or your person from out of town you want to impress right. on a date night, whatever. It's a special occasion bar. Right. Downstairs is your everyday drinking. Right. Come in for a pint, a shot, an Irish coffee, a regular coffee... And Whatever, any time
1: of the day. From what, yeah, what, I don't know. What do they open? Eleven or twelve?
0: So having both the special event bar and the everyday drinking bar under one roof, right, is just golden. So you that are going to be sense. seeing more places that integrate it like that, and. Because of the business model, because you generally make more money in the everyday drinking bar. But the everyday drinking bar gets busier because of the cachet of being next to the fancy cocktail bar. And it's also the waiting room for the fancy cocktail bar. Right. Or after you've had a couple of cocktails and you're not ready to go home, it's like, ah, let's just have a pint. Yeah. So, and obviously the uh, fancy cocktail bar, fancy cocktail bars don't make amazing profit margins. You know, it takes a long time to make the drinks, but that benefits from having a nice powerhouse bar under
1: the same roof that makes a lot of sense so we, see, we will see s- more places like this <laughs> uh, and you see downstairs it's packed full of tourists because they heard about the, all the awards that this place has won
0: it's daytime business man yeah. you, you just can't lose if it's at all possible so i i fervently hope we see more things like that
1: yeah well this place is doing amazingly well and it's just such a comfortable place to be and it's you know here it won all these awards and yet it's just so comfortable to be in this
0: is it you know it's it's the trick of being able to be consistent and grow as staff come and go and uh, tastes change you know I really feel that what Sean and Jack and everybody else here have founded is, is a 100 year bar I feel like you know my, my great grandchildren will be able to come here right right. Uh, I really it just has that feel to it and, and more importantly it's also a rock solid business concept yeah that's the most important thing. So we'll see more of that in the future, even three years in the future. Bars are going to be a lot more digital than they are now. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not sure what that means. I, read I it hope on it a, doesn't mean what we've seen in the airports <laughs>
1: <laughs> with, the, with the iPad at every station, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe not like that, but I think things like payment systems, uh, drink preferences, ordering, you know, being able to you know order a drink for that guy over there or oh you see that brian's checked into the dead rabbit oh well i'll send them a message to buy him mm. a shot of fireball because that's a funny <laughs> thing because
1: it's my cause favorite I, drink cause
0: you, brian, brian you're, you're well known for drinking fireball so so yeah w- weird stuff like that that i can barely think of right now is, is undoubtedly one.
1: in the future i feel yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's a good one Well, thank you so much. I know you have to run. So appreciate your time, Philip. My pleasure, Brian. Anytime. Well, there you have it. If you've never been to Tales, I hope that gave you a little insight into what it might be like. And if you have been, uh, it gives you a preview of 2016 Tales of the Cocktail coming up in July. So uh, I sure hope to see you there. If you're going, please let me know, and we'll try to meet up for a cocktail for sure. So we'll do our toast in just a minute, but I just want to remind you, my name is Brian Vincent Weber, the website is bartenderjourney.net, and you can find the competitions page there if you're looking to enter some competitions, which I've been doing, and I encourage you to do the same. And uh, there's a tastings page there that's growing with uh, some some notes on spirits that I've tasted. uh, of course the show notes that go along with this show and I'll have that schedule that Philip mentioned uh, a link to that uh, to the schedule for Tales of Cattel 2016 there's a contact page on bartenderjourney.net I'd love to hear from you for any reason at all please feel free to get in touch and on bartenderjourney.net or you can email me directly brian at bartenderjourney.net if you'd be so kind to go over to iTunes and leave some stars and write something nice, I'd appreciate it. You can give up to five stars. Five stars is the most you can give. I'm not telling you how many to give. I'm just saying that's the most. Just search for Bartender Journey in uh, within iTunes and go to the Ratings and Review tab and uh, give some stars. All right, here's our toast. Here's to the man who takes the pledge, who keeps his word and does not hedge, who won't give up and won't give in till the last man's out and there's no more gin. Cheers. We'll see you next time on Bartender Journey.
0: Repeal means legal restoration and respectability for liquor.